Hello, and welcome to the Bliss Smith Podcast. My name is Katie Smith, and here you will learn ways to find, forge, and follow your bliss by hearing stories from people like you on overcoming obstacles, diving deeply into passion, investing in yourselves and others, and uniting in gratitude to celebrate every last joy. I can't wait for you to listen. All right. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me, Kenny and Connie. Um, let's just get the party started. We are, to set the stage, we're all on a remote call because we are in the middle of 2020, just <laughs> feeling it, mm-hmm. sheltering yeah. in place. Um, so would love for this to be a, a sipping coffee together, but we'll have to do that another time. Um, but yeah, so thank you for coming and let's kick it off. I'd love to hear, uh, more about you both. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having us, Katie. It's, it's an honor to be in conversation with you and I've got my afternoon mocktail here to, to celebrate. So Kenny and I, we started as friends working in the social justice nonprofit sector before for turning our efforts and energies into real estate and have since been running a business together um, where we manage our sales in the Bay Area, primarily in San Francisco, as well as the East Bay, Oakland and Berkeley in particular. And then we also do education work, training realtors in in this space. And and it's been a really great combination of being able to leverage sort of how we go about running a business and sharing that with our colleagues. Wonderful. And um, our education philosophy and ethos is really rooted in helping people tell authentic stories about themselves and translate that authenticity into branding. And um, so much of what we do is rooted in understanding character and someone's character and how they can um, really use that as the anchor to to create a really authentic brand, and um, and yeah, and we um, we also as as folks of color, we've always had a really deep commitment to um, to being representatives and and being realtors of color, uh, being being people of color in this industry and in, in this profession. Um, and so diversity has been something that's always been at the top of our minds. Um, and of course, with everything going on across the country when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement and all of these incredible national conversations around race and racism. Um, we've been also kind of leaning into all of that and doing as much as we can to help facilitate conversations as allies to the Black community, um, particularly as non-Black people of color, um, because I think that is a very specific experience. Um, and so we've been able to kind of start conversations, not just in our personal lives, but also really think about how do we start conversations as professional realtors about what race and racism looks like in in real estate and in the profession and industry of of, of real estate as well amazing there are so many things to to dive into and i again just like so elated that we are hanging out (laughs) um so um 
I guess where uh, I'll start first is, so if we rewind, I would say about five or six weeks when um, George, Floyd, George Floyd was murdered, um, we immediately all came to attention, it felt like. And, um, and I, am, I love that we are highlighting that you and Connie have always been um, paying attention to diversity and advocating for social justice. And I really started to um, become familiar with you during this five or six week context and all of the things that you had been doing um, surrounding Black Lives Matter and social justice in this context. And so I'd love to ask you, what was your thought process about five or six weeks ago when you were like, oh, we got to turn it up. We got to we got to act. Yeah. And what did that look like? Yeah. You know, it was such a bizarre t thing of timing because um about five you know if if we're saying george floyd the the amazing conversations that were that were really blossoming five or six five or six weeks ago um i want to take us to seven weeks ago <laughs> just <laughs> literally the week before and yep. um we at that time we just wanted to ha have a conversation about about race and diversity in the real estate community um, because at that point um, I had run into a statistic that was coming out of the National Association of Realtors that was talking about how people of color only represent 15% of our national realtor community and um, and that's in stark contrast to around 40% of the entire country that is represented by people of color and so we wanted to just like have that as a conversation and talk to other realtors of color about what it what it means to be a person of color in this industry, but also like what are the things that we can tangibly do to increase those numbers and set realtors of color up for success, um, not only by in, by recruiting more people of color into the into the profession, but specifically by by talking about how do we keep people of color in this profession. Um, because what we do see is that there's a pretty stark drop um, of that representation once you're hit, once once you look at realtors that have been in the industry two years and more. So the numbers are a little bit better in that first two years, but then once you're once you're past two years, then that's when the real racial disparities kind of are settled in and, and established. So there's all of these amazing conversations about just what does diversity look like? And that was seven weeks ago. And then right. George Floyd and the um, resurgence of the Black Lives Matter as an entire movement, as a, as a nationwide movement and as a national conversation. That happened, yeah, five or six weeks ago. And so that, that really struck a chord with us and we then had to pivot to kind of thinking about not having conversations just as realtors of color, but specifically, how do we have conversations about being allies to our black community members, our black friends, our black family members, um, and take on a role as allies? And how do we then uplift black voices and in the context of our profession, uplift black realtors? Um, and then that sort of just evolved into this 
really wonderful conversation that we're now beginning to have with not only our association locally in San Francisco, but other associations across the country around, um, around the, the fundamental conversation of how does race and racism play out in real estate. And that's a very different conversation than talking about sort of like the numbers of professionals, but right. they're of course intertwined and something that, um, that we've been so excited to just dive in with. And people are now like really like our colleagues, other realtors are like, oh my gosh, we didn't know, we didn't know about all of these really insidious ways that systemic racism has been upheld by our industry, by our profession. Um, so they're tough conversations and lots of things that, you know, these are long conversations, right? These are yes. these are conversations that um, that people have been having for generations, and um, and 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 it's hard to kind of figure out what to do next. But um, it's been really so exciting to 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 just start these conversations and get people get people opened up to um, to some of these some of these really really important systems and um, and things to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully stated. Uh, Connie, did you have anything you wanted to add? Well, I, I, it was funny because I remember this distinctly, oh gosh, almost two months now, where Kenny had shared the statistic about only 15% of realtors in, throughout the entire country being realtors of color. And that's a stark statistic knowing the amount of folks of color in the country. Uh, so to see mm -hmm. that disparity in representation was a, a big aha moment. And Kenny was like, okay, Connie, well, what do you think about leading the platform and, and kind of spearheading conversations about race in real estate? And Kenny is very articulate and eloquent and very socially conscious. I like to think I am too, but not to his level. So I was actually <laughs> pretty hesitant and didn't know if I could be um, a leader in that way. Um, but I trust Kenny so much and just knew like, okay, this is, we've built this platform. Let's similarly to you and your podcast is like, okay, let's see what we can do with it. And, um, and when the news of George Floyd's death happened, it was like, okay, no, this, this is our calling and this is why we do need to speak up and speak up loudly. And I think one thing that I, I, I want to point to, to what Connie was just mentioning is this sort of hesitation, this hesitation to, to speak up and this hesitation to, to say anything. And, um, and, I, and I know that that's so real. That's such a yeah. real experience, um, especially for people who are just beginning. I'm talking about like specifically white people who are just beginning yeah. to kind of like you know, understand that this is, that these are, that these are things, right? Like that these are yes. realities um, and figuring out how do I talk about it? How do I get the words into my mouth? Especially if I'm just learning about these things, how do I say anything? If I'm thinking about generations of trauma and generations of oppression, how do I wrap my head around all of that and have a thoughtful conversation? And similarly, you know, when I was having these conversations with Connie, she was like, I, you know, sometimes I don't know what to say. And, and now that we've been doing this, the, the, the message that we both want to share is just like, you just got to say something um, right. specifically about, and this is like specifically for like white folks to have conversations with other white folks. Um, like that's the best conversations that people be, can be having right now. 
and yes. just to start talking and to say like, okay, this is what I'm learning. And it might not be like the right thing to say, especially right now, because like so much amazing information is, is like coming up and springing up like on the daily. So the things yes. that we were talking about two weeks ago are not the same things we're talking about now. And so the clip um, and the learning curve is, is can be pretty intimidating. Um, but for us, the, just the message is let's just talk, just talk about it. Just talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Um, listen, 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 because there's so many people that are talking about it. And we, of course, you know, for us, it's about like, let's prioritize the Black voices and uplift the Black voices that have been sharing such amazing knowledge with us through like articles and podcasts and social media, you know, so much information has been disseminated via social media. So how do we as allies then like both listen to what's being said and then with our family, with our friends, with our colleagues, talk and have conversations. Wow. Yeah, and and I can, you know, uh, as a white person, uh, I've been nervous to have this podcast all day, right? Because I know that I am uh, recording my voice talking about something that is uncomfortable. And, um, but I do know it's worth it. I think that you both have proven um, to many that it is important to say something. I was gonna say, Connie, it, it's, it's interesting thinking about like being nervous about um, speaking up because Lord knows I'm right there. Um, but what you both have done well, and particularly I'm thinking about a conversation where, where Connie was sharing something is the vulnerability. I think being vulnerable and just saying, I don't know, and this feels gross, and I'm trying, and I want to know more, um, is so, it opens a window for so many people to come through and just be patient with you and, and feel it out together. So I, I'm so grateful that you are doing that for people, and I'm trying to take a page from your book. <laughs> I hear you, Katie. And it's um, it's not always easy, but yeah, I think we've learned and that we're all feeling such similar emotions. And um, I always defer to what Kenny says. He's like, you know what, we're going to make mistakes. But the first step is just being open, being vulnerable to taking these risks, to sharing what's true in our heart yeah. and going from there. Yeah. And the, the fear can be paralyzing. And I think that's why so many people haven't spoken up for so long is I I'd rather not say anything than say the wrong thing and I think we're all finding now that that's that simply can't be the approach mm -hmm. um and and there are so many small wins out there you know I had a great conversation with my mom you know the whole like white people have conversations with other white people I'm like okay here I go I'm gonna go talk <laughs> to my mom about it you know like I'm marched off and um and, you know, my mom had reported back a couple of days later that she took the confidence that she gained about something from our conversation and passed it along to someone else. So even that small, like, transfer of, of knowledge or confidence or sense of ownership, mm -hmm. it, it makes a ripple. Um, yep. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, I feel I can still feel like the, like the frog in my throat talking about it and I think it's so healthy and I hope everyone feels a frog and continues to talk you know oh, yeah. 
Oh, I love that mention of the small wins. That's the yeah. That's the best way to start. And these all these small wins build up to something so huge. So that that's a really great call out. And there's and you know what's been so wonderful, I think, about all of this is is that these are life lessons for just how to show up always in our lives like yes. that 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 what we're seeing right now is absolutely um a story of life in america 100 percent. Mm -hmm. and i think the 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 icing on the cake is that we're also really learning the lessons of how to show up as human beings and yeah. and what that looks like is putting ourselves out there it looks like having conversations and learning and trying to be better and grappling with grappling with our mistakes. And even if those aren't individual mistakes, it's understanding that like we, all of us are part of lineages. We're a part of a history. We're part of, you know, enslavement is a 400 year old project. Right. And 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 there are and there are ways that it manifests today literally 400 years of 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 enslavement and and i think like that that is what can be really overwhelming that it's such a huge issue but yeah. also knowing that like yeah that that what we're doing as individuals is we're just like we're just we're just doing everything we can and right. Um, in the same way that all of us have our own personal goals, our own professional goals, and we just have to chip away at them one yeah. small win at a time, one small conversation at a time, and, um, and how that can be applied to all of the things that we're showing up for in our lives. And so I think like that's been, that's been wonderful as a reminder that this is a moment absolutely this is a moment that will be remembered in the history books it will be remembered in our collective memory it will be remembered in our individual memory um and and that the lesson is yeah dive in dive mm -hmm. in have conversations be wrong um be okay being wrong yeah and be okay getting back up because you know all of us me included i i even i even have tough like i yes i have tough conversations i just had one last week with some friends where um i didn't really feel like i articulated what i wanted to say in the way that i knew i could have or mm -hmm. or whatever it is like and, and and there's always those moments when we're having tough conversations when sometimes you just don't get it right and and yeah. you don't and you weren't able to communicate the thing that you wanted to communicate in the way that you wanted to communicate it. And it feels like a loss. It feels like a mini loss. Um, yes. But I think what's really important is to just keep going and to, to, to not disengage when a stumble happens because the stumble is going to happen. And no matter where we are, in our own personal journeys for, you know, in this particular case, anti-racism um, or any of the things that we're doing on our personal journey. It's like, okay, that was a stumble. How do we just pick ourselves up again and try again, you know, dust ourselves off and go again, um, yeah. knowing that like that consistency 
that that is that is what speaks to character the the getting right. them back up again that is what is that is how we're showing up and that's how we express um the kind of person that we are you're totally right and i think that's so healthy for everyone to hear um uh, because i and i i would imagine you've felt this in some way when when things first really started to get feeling very chaotic and even with covid like there's so many examples of this i felt like i had to fix 400 years of racism by myself from my instagram you know like there was this moment of full like olivia pope from scandal i gotta fix this and um but but to your point the the commitment to being consistent in behavior and and finding a lane that really matches your strengths is so much more valuable than um than thinking that you're going to solve it in one day in fact that's probably ignoring the fact that it is so systemic mm -hmm. exactly exactly yeah yeah Anytime I can compare myself to Olivia Pope, I'm going to do it. So. <laughs> Love it. Love the record. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned one thing, Kenny, about we all have our own, you know, storylines and, and journeys. And I know that you are both from immigrant families. Um, and something you said on a call that we were on was um, thinking about how um, a non-black but fellow person of color can take accountability right now because you have also uh, experienced discrimination um, or marginalization and so i just found that so fascinating um just how multifaceted all of this is and i'd love for you to speak more to to that piece of it mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um you know it's such a funny thing because the adage is that oh yeah this is not a black and white conversation right like <laughs> yeah yeah and and i think that that actually so applies uh, of course it applies racially now right like it's not a black and white conversation even though yes what we're talking about at the end of the day what we're talking about is white supremacy and we're talking about the ways in which whiteness has been systemically introduced into all of the different institutions and functions of the way that we have constructed our society um, to center whiteness and to to benefit whiteness um, that's what we're talking about like at the like when you boil it down that's sort of like the root of 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 the problem um, but the way it manifests is complicated and because we live in America, which has for many, for, for decades and generations, has been a place where a lot of other people have come um, for a lot of different reasons, a lot of, a lot of different reasons, um, you know, we live in a very diverse country. We live in a, in a, in a country that has um, an incredible amount of racial diversity and and that means that there's a lot of people of color um not just black people um but we have a lot of people of color and um and knowing that this country has um has a complicated relationship with race not just blackness 
um, and whiteness, but but with with race overall. And I think it's really really important um, for me as an Asian American who um, comes from a people who have, as you mentioned, experienced discrimination and oppression um, in this country. It's, it's so important for us to recognize that absolutely, yes, we have experienced discrimination. Yes, if you look at you know the coronavirus and COVID, just months ago, there was a huge display of anti-Asian sentiment um, that came from the federal government, <laughs> directly from the federal government. And so we are not, you know, it's, 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 it's that, yes, racism is part of our culture in America, um, and anti-Asian-ness is part of our culture in America. But that is something that I have to grapple with and say, even though, yes, absolutely, anti-Asian sentiment, Asian discrimination is real, when we look at who has been most affected by white supremacy and for how long, it is Black folks. And so right now, we have to have a conversation about the very real notion that as long as one of us is not free, none of us is free. And, and that is something that is so important that I, as an Asian person, that I'm, I, I, I talk to all, I, I talk to so many, I've had so many conversations with other Asian people about this exact thing. Um, and it makes it complicated. It makes it even more complicated because it means that as Asian people, we both have to grapple with the very re, the realities of discrimination that our families have experienced and do experience today and grapple with how does that make, what does that mean for us um, to be allies to black folks? And because actually we do have a very acute relationship and understanding of racism, that means that yes, we actually have an understanding, not the same understanding, but we have some sort of transference of understanding of what it means to um, what it means to, why that's such an important thing for us to be allies to the Black community right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's complicated, but I think that is mm -hmm. something that's really, really important to me as a non-Black person of color to talk about and to continue thinking through and to continue sort of evolving my thinking around um, because that's actually some of the hardest questions that we have to grapple with as non-Black people of color is how does anti-Blackness show up in our communities, in our Asian American communities? Um, because it does in very real ways. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's also something that we have to grapple with um, as an Asian American community. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's all part of the, it's all part of the fun, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the onion that we keep on peeling. Right, right. Oh Absolutely. my goodness, yeah. Wow, Connie, you're right. Kenny is extremely well-spoken. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm just like sitting here taking uh, it all in as well, Katie. I know. I know. He's taking us to church right now. It's amazing. Um, this is, I'm so honored. Um, Connie, how are you feeling? Oh, I, I was just going to add to um, what Kenny said. I think they're so, it, and ju just to reiterate too about kind of your onion analogy, definitely is a continual 
and complex um, structure ecosystem that we're all part of and still learning. And I think even in this space as um, in kind of the education space, I'm constantly learning too. And um, I think that's what keeps us on our toes and in efforts to constantly be a better person and to be a better ally um, and to be uh, a better educator. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think the, the, the big thing that I always encourage everyone just to do is because, yeah, when you're thinking like, oh my God, there's just so much that I can think about. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is what is our individual relationship to all of these issues? Like, yeah. what is our story? Like, Katie, what is your story? And what is Connie's story? In, in, because that's where, that's where we get to, to really understand all of these things is, is, oh yeah, what is my lived experience that I can think about of how I grew up, of how, um, what are the struggles that I went through? What are the motivations that I have? And how is all of that, it, implicated in sort of like the families that I grew up in and the place that I grew up in. Um, and those are the ways that I think it's also really, really important to kind of like, when you're thinking about how do I dive into this sort of work, it's just in self-reflection and like, yes. what's my story, right? And how, yeah. how can I talk about it from, from a place of individual experience and my own experience? Yes, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, someone on a call recently said something like, um, educate so you can relate. And I, one, love that it rhymed. Um, and two, I thought it was so powerful because, you know, especially right now, it's like, read this book, look at this article, and, and yes, do that, do that. Um, and, but the, one of the major points is to understand how you can empathize and relate to people. Um, the, the other thought that I had was around, and you, you said it, educate yourself, look internally. Um, we did this exercise around privilege, like understanding your privilege. And there are hundreds of ways that people have privilege. And just because I'm white doesn't mean I have all of the privileges. I have many. Um, and, uh, you, you know, and so everybody has their own inventory on where they are at with privilege. And when I specifically did the exercise, for sure, I recognized how lucky I am. And two, I recognize how many ways people are not privileged. It could be about disability. It could be about um, economics. And so awareness of all the ways that anyone can be marginalized, I think is to your point, just a, a, such a huge starting point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the best is to be able to think about, yeah, where does my individual experience and how is it placed into the broader system? And, mm -hmm. and what are the ways that I benefit or do not benefit from it as right. in all the ways, you know, for me, I've got male privilege, right? And, and that's, I've got male privilege. I, I, I have cis privilege, like I present as the gender that I identify with. And there come, that comes with a lot, you know, that mm -hmm. I, I come with class privilege. I come with, so there's so many different ways that we can identify with sort of the, and I think this is some of the things that like just doesn't happen enough is like 
people are just aren't taking look at themselves and like okay how am what is what is my relationship to all of this what is my relationship to this 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 history um yeah. and where you know how did my family get here i mean right like mm -hmm. for, for us americans it's like let's think about how your family actually got here what were the forces what were the conditions that actually encouraged people to get here um and what was that story was that story one of freedom was that story one of war? Was that story one of refuge? Was that story one of um, non-consensual, you know, non-consensual enslavement, right? Like there's so many different ways that we can kind of dig into it. And I think it really does. It, it really starts with just saying like, yeah, what, who are you, right? What's your story? Um, and, and how do you, how do you begin to, to, to relate to people on just like a purely human level. Like how are we actually just like, how are we actually seeing all of these people as humans? Like all of our fellow humans as humans, like getting back down to it. And I think that's such a, such, such something that doesn't happen, you know, not as much as it, as, as I think it should be. Um, and, you know, we see that in, in the ways that people are so vitriolic and, and so, and so hateful in the things that they say about other people. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, this is, I wish I could give you both a hug right now. <laughs> I, listen, it's July. We've been shelter in place for a long time. I have so many hugs up to my ears that I need to dish out. So um, we should arrange that when appropriate. Um, we'll make uh, it happen, Katie. Yay. <laughs> And not with mocktails, with real ass mocktails. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so it, it's very clear um, that both of you, and um, I actually hadn't realized that you started in uh, social justice nonprofits and then worked your way into real estate. And I love working with real estate agents because y'all all have a backstory and a different life. And it's so fascinating. Um, but it's clear, especially based on your motivation right now to educate others and be really present in this moment, what is that thing inside of you that's driving this? Like, I feel like people listening to this will go, wait, I want to be more into my community. I want to be more motivated to make change and not be afraid. So, like, where does it come from from you both? And how do you keep it out there? a good one um i think uh for me and something that i uh, don't always talk about but i'm like learning to build the courage and get over the fear of um not doing so is speaking up and so i grew up in a household where my dad was pretty abusive and violent and felt powerless all the time and so that always sparked this kind of fire in me of like okay if i can't do anything in my own family situation if i ever feel um agency outside of my home what can i do and it, that started off by writing for a new for a youth newspaper in los angeles and that was my form of activism and ever since then it was always just like okay 
understanding that feeling of powerlessness and then thinking to my agency of like, okay, well, what can I do? What's within my power? And being able to empathize, I think, like as we talked about earlier, is so key to understanding where other communities or individuals are in that place of powerlessness and um, what what does it look like to be an ally to support? And so I've always just taken that position of like, I may not know what it feels like to have gone through that exact same experience, but I do know what it feels like to feel defeated, hurt, vulnerable, um, uh, at a loss. And so being able to relate to those experiences um, definitely is my my fuel and my passion. And um, and especially yeah, as Kenny mentioned, talking about privilege, we have so many privileges in the world of real estate. You're just uh, exposed to so many incredible resources and people. And so it's been really cool to use our platform as realtors and educators in this space. Like it was, yeah. I would have never thought you could do something like that. Yeah. And not, sorry, but Kenny, before you go, not every person, let alone, uh, you know, real estate agent or otherwise is choosing to use their platforms to, to, to talk about these things. And I hope you guys know how special you are for doing it. Um, and hopefully it'll encourage some more people to, to, to do that. But sorry, Kenny, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I mean, Connie, Connie, sorry, Connie, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate you uh, feeling safe with me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for creating this space, Katie. And just to add also another thought is, you know, like Kenny talked about being Asian American too and how that's the, shaped and influenced his experiences. And in a lot of our Asian American community growing up, it was there's the expectation um, to also be very quiet and obedient and, you know, respect your elders and go and, you know, not not disrupt because, um, you you're taught kind of like what's the ramifications if you do cause any disruption um, and so in um in learning to be more outspoken it's definitely been very scary and even figuring out what it means to um you know shake things up within my own family and within like our role is not always easy but it's definitely um one that it's constantly challenging just like the way that i've been taught and um uh have grown as an individual mm -hmm. um i i think ever since i've been young i've sort of had this looming question of what is my place in this world and and i think a part of that um you know as someone who identified as um, who identifies now as queer and part of the LGBTQ move, uh, community and and someone who has who has who has known you know has identified as gay for for a very 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 long time since I was little. I think that understanding of what it means to be different has always always set the foundation for this question of where what is my place, what is my what is my what is my place in life. What is what is the meaning of this existence that I have, um, and and how do I create some kind of purpose? Yeah. Like how do I create some something 
um, some kind, some sort of meaningful life? I think that has always been the question that I've grappled with from a really young age. And, um, and so that's what started me like kind of finding, okay, I, that just means like activism. That means like social justice activism, like, you know, that means doing that kind of work. Um, and it wasn't actually until I decided to not do that, go into real estate, um, that I realized that, you know, we can have such an amazing impact in, in anything that we do if we do it with intention and if we do it with meaning. And it actually wasn't even until I was in real estate that I um, recognized that I myself am, my, so my dad is a, is, is a realtor. My dad's oh, yes. been in real estate for about 50 years. And it wasn't until I, I started practicing myself that I began to see myself as part of this lineage of, 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 of people, realtors, that have helped other people establish really, really important milestones in life. And, and my dad was, was, was part of a generation of Asian American realtors that helped other Asian American people purchase their first homes and right. get onto the first step of the wealth accumulation ladder that, that we have in, in, in the US. And, um, and so seeing how for generations he's helped so many people build that wealth and build their family legacies um, and now to be part of that lineage is, is something that, that, that really motivates me. Um, and, and I think that has also helped me understand what my sense of purpose is and what that meaningful life is and having some kind of impact on people. Um, and it's one of the things that has always driven me as a realtor and also drives me to, you know, as we're, as we're now moving into education and helping other realtors, it's, it's, it's that same notion of how can I create impact and how can I be of service to helping as many people as possible in, in this thing that they called life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and I think that's where it, it comes for me. Um, that's how I interpret it. And I know that a lot of other realtors, they say, I just want to help, right? And so like other people in, in, in all kinds of industries, they just say, I want to help. And, and I think that is something that really resonates with me. And I've, and, and, I've, and I've decided that this is the way that I can help, that this is just the way that I can be of service, that, 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 that I can create a life of meaning and purpose. Wonderful. And yeah, and I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. I think that you both are absolutely creating impact and um, hoping that people listening to this uh, can have their own purpose ignited um, because we all need it. And I, I've noticed that with the last few months at minimum, just we all need to find, like you said, our place in the world and we all need to feel like we're working towards something bigger and it could be any anything uh any goal um but uh it's it's so special that you have both de dedicated so much of your time and life and energy to um making others feel like they belong and you know that's the best when we're mm -hmm. humans supporting other humans yeah yeah and I think we're all just trying to, I think, I mean, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out. Like you were mentioning, we're all totally. trying to figure out how do, what, 
what is this place that, you know, how do we live a life that is aligned with the values and the principles that we espouse and the things that are most important to us? And, um, you know, of course, like, uh, what is um, hindsight is twenty twenty. Something there's mm-hmm. something about like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing is nothing is nothing is perfect unless you're looking at it from in retrospect. But I think yeah. that's 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 certainly the case for me in 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 how I've approached my life and um, you know it, every single movement that I make, every single step that I've taken in my career, like has been like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, but but I think in retrospect, I've, I've, I've come to realize that um, if I move, if I make a step that feels in my heart of hearts like the right one, then all of these steps will just be stitched together to create this tapestry that does reveal the person that we are, the person that we are. Um, right, and they they may feel uncomfortable steps. So just because it's the right move doesn't mean it's not comfortable or that it's comfortable. Um, so yeah, I, that, that visualization of stitching steps as you're walking is like, Oh, is that one going to be stitched by the time I put my foot down? Like that's really powerful. Yeah. yeah I've been there. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it isn't. And you, you stumble a little, but that's also great for growth as well. Oh, I think we've got um, a little. Okay. There we go. Oh. oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, Connie, I think you were. There we go. Um, awesome. Well, we have. I have used so much of your incredible talents and time, and I want to be mindful of the fact that you are both real estate powerhouses and you have other things so I'll, I'll ask you this last and that is where can people um learn more about you um listen to your podcast all of those things sure uh folks can find us at our website connieandkenny.com and we've got our podcast the thoughtful realtor and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast like the bliss Myths. podcast um and yeah you can find us on instagram at connie and kenny yay awesome any parting words from the two of you i just read this really great article about a woman who had social anxiety on the blog cup of joe and she shared a tip that helps her to you know overcome any kind of social um awkward situation or even just how to engage and it is to be kind and curious because sometimes you may not know what to say or um, stumble over finding the right words but if you're always kind and thinking um, and wanting to learn and grow I think that's a great first start. I love that. And I would say um, let's think. I would say just, yeah, get in there, get in there with life <laughs> and with these conversations. I mean, you know, we talked a lot about, um, about what's going on, particularly around race and racism in the U.S. Um, but, uh, I would say that that extends to, to everything, right? Like it's, it extends to just life and just being as present as you can 
and um, just showing up with our full selves um, and doing so with as much love and kindness and mindfulness as possible. Um, and, and yeah, and doing that all in search of being able to create a life that we feel really proud of and we feel um, reflects who we are. And, and I think that that's, and I hope everyone has a chance to do that now and um, future. Amazing. Well, I'm going to go do cartwheels because I'm <laughs> so thrilled with how this conversation went. And uh, everyone listening can mark my words that these two are going to be my friends forever. And even if they don't want to be, I'm going to follow them <laughs> around. It's going to get awkward. No, we're going to get cocktails. I, I can't exactly. <laughs> yes. the, the whole podcast is just me trying to be your friend. Uh, it's working. It is. Uh, and we're ready for big bear hugs whenever we yeah. can. <laughs> bear hugs are my favorite thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, Kitty well, gives I'm... really great hugs, too. <gasps> Kitty. Oh, oh, OMG. Big hugger. I, I enjoy oh my gosh. Hugs. <laughs> I cannot wait. We'll have to document that uh, for the as a follow up to the the podcast. Like, yeah. where are they now? They finally. Yes. Um... <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna stop recording, but thank you both. I am so honored to have had this conversation, and I can commit to you that I will um, continue my work um, as a as a white woman, a curious person and a fellow human and um you will probably see me listening to your podcast and joining your conversations moving forward you will absolutely see that so awesome. thank you again and i adore you both thank, thank you, you katie. So much, katie yay take care thank you you too cool